0: Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Hello, my name is Mary Miller. I'm a retired minister and a member here, and a former interim pastor from 10 years ago. I'm getting older. With whom do you identify in this story? A story maybe you know very, very well. The background to it would be this, that Christ met with a crowd of people with mixed emotions, mixed reasons for being there, mixed ages and genders and cultures, and a lawyer, sorry, legal buffs, a lawyer at the very top of the social chart a lawyer came up and asked him questions. Entitled, privileged, well-educated, at the top of the class system. And in order to test Jesus, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Kind of up here in your head thing, asking questions that way. And Jesus said, well, what's written in the law? And he answered this the whole gospel. That's what this uh, verse is. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That's the verse that gives us the term whole gospel. Well, you know, if I said that that were the goal, I think that would stop me Most of us can't do that whole gospel. But no, it says the lawyer pressed on. Aha, I got him intellectually. In order to justify himself, he said, well, who is my neighbor? And that came to the greatest story, one of the greatest ones that's ever been told. And so I ask you again, whom do you identify with in this story? Is it the innkeeper? The innkeeper, somebody who values what he does, a small business owner, perhaps blue-collar, doing his job with his hands, a doer. He's probably a little nervous about playing nurse to somebody with open wounds who is half-dead. He's probably a little nervous, but glad for the extra money. He's not an opportunist, but he did have significant benefit and I'm sure reward of purpose in his own heart. Are you like the innkeeper when you helped somebody who had needs, when you saw something special that you could supply, you alone? Or do you identify with the beaten man, a solitary traveler, well-known highway being traveled about 20 miles downhill, 3,600 feet in descent, all in the desert with huge rocks so people and robbers could uh, hide behind the rocks. And it was a happy hunting ground for robbers. Everybody knew that. And yet he was traveling alone. Are you like the beaten man those of you who have been beaten by life experiences or have walked the lower valleys of faith, those who know the blows of joblessness, divorce, shattered dreams, horrible health, a death in the family. Or do you identify with the Levite or the priest? You know, the value there is in what you think, not so much what you do. both of them had received great educations and led busy lives and had things to do, you know, places to go, people to see. And it was one of the two uh, protected uh, professions, law and religion. And so they don't just look away. One goes up and looks. They cross to the other side of the road. One of the reasons they did that is that if a, a priest comes upon a dead body, they are obligated by the law to bury the person. Boy, that would put a, a little hitch in your style of trying to get along on your journey, wouldn't it? Thought so somebody else will do it. Have you ever felt like that? I know somebody else will do it. Or do you identify with the rescuer? The one who had values of heart, mind, and hand all together. The one whose heart was moved with compassion. Definition of compassion. Empathy for another with an urge to help. With an urge to help. Where social boundaries don't matter, the Samaritan was a mixed-race person, despised, it says in the text, the lowest class, the lowest class, and they had great prejudice against Samaritans. And yet this person was willing to sacrifice money, sacrifice timing, uh, sacrifice getting others to help without getting anything in reward. He took care of the person who was half-dead himself, Somehow I've missed that in my hundred times of reading this scripture. He also took care of him himself. Compassion is empathy for another with the urge to help. How about you? Have you ever been there? Where you really have felt like a rescuer, you really helped a real, actual, empirical need of somebody else. I think too often we look at this story and we just simply summarize it about, that says, oh, who is my neighbor? Oh, the guy who stopped and helped out. That's the neighbor. And that's the way we summarize this story. But I would like you to look again, to look at other important messages and layers of truth that come to you over and over again. Messages that can be missed if you simply summarize it as as help somebody in need. Other perspectives. It's like we are mariners of a map that is only of the unknown world edges, like a flat map of a flat world. You know that saying, beyond here there be dragons. And so I ask you to look deeper, to see with fresh eyes this story. And I do remind you this. We are all the characters in that story. Think about it. At one time or another, we're like all of them, including the lawyer. So there you go. That ought to humble all of us. (laughs) Angela Davis once said, we are all racist sexist, and classist. Let me say it again. We are all racist, sexist, and classist. Power and money in the class. Well, I can tell you that at one time or another, in some degree, that fits all of us. And to some degree, it fits all of us all the time. Because I like people who are like myself. I understand them. I like people who like me back. I feel safe around them. I like their jokes. I understand them. I might know their family. And I like less those who are not like me. Those who are of a different culture or gender or class have more power and more money than me. It's a convenience for us to ignore those who are not like us. It's a convenience. And we organize sometimes a subconscious systematic organization of closing our eyes to the other. College kids are taught this in diversity training. The word othering, it can be a verb too, I guess. Othering, other where you set somebody in opposition to you so they're different than you, rather than saying, we're all in this together. And so when we do it by ignoring or discounting the needy, the disabled, the mentally ill, those who use other languages, the homosexual, the immigrant, the poor, the imprisoned, we are following what she said. We are all r- racist, sexist, and classist. Well, now we have the story anew, if you look at it again. Being a neighbor is being moved with mercy, compassion, love, with an urge to help. Last year, there was an Oscar-winning movie called Minimata and I don't know if you've seen it. It is on uh, uh, streaming, and it's a fabulous movie, an amazing movie. This Oscar movie was the biography of a short period of life of a renowned but washed-up photographer named Gene Smith, who took pictures of a community in Japan that had been victimized by a huge corporation that had put mercury into the water in their spill-off. And there were Horrible deformities and illnesses and things that happened there. He used pictures to tell the story for Life magazine. This picture, Tomoko in her bath, is amazing. The look of the love on the helper. It changed the world of photojournalism. A picture is a thousand words, isn't it? It stunningly, stunningly visualizes the story of the Good Samaritan. And I hope you think of that when you hear the story again. It summarizes it with visual uh, photo in your retinas. The world is deformed, made different by the evils and sins of the world. Toxic, toxicity as you were of the world. The world and its people needs constant care and compassion and a look of love. Thinking about doing good is not the point of the story. Wanting to do good is not the point of the story. Doing good is the point of the story and able to do it crossing all the lines and boundaries that we may, in our sinfulness, set up. So the heart of the identity of the Good Samaritan may have something to do more with that. Covenanters of a certain age saw the picture of Werner Salman. He did the head of Christ And many covenant churches have several of these around. I really pastored a church where we were trying to select the best one for the narthex. And they lined them up on the uh, choir seats, on the chairs. And it was like a whole choir of Jesus. (laughs) The same face looking all the same way. Well, this particular um, picture is really um, something that most of us have lived with. It's become an icon, and it was given to, I can't believe this, all the armed services members in World War II in a wallet size. An icon. You think about people from other faiths that got one of those, too. Well, there's a man at Covenant Living of Cromwell named Alan Nelson, and he jokes about this. His last name is Nelson, I say He said, I was 18 before I found out that Jesus was not blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Do I think of Christ that way? Or do I dare to think of a Christ that is not racist, sexist, or classist? Christ showing compassion to all people, even one we would think are other, all of them. To not get involved was not an option for him. He did not pass by on the other side when we were in need. He still gets involved with his Holy Spirit. In the year 2000, for the millennium, there was a competition. Some of you may remember Sister Wendy in the 90s. I'm showing my age again. Uh, In the 90s, who did a series on European art, And it was done by PBS in the evenings. And she would analyze Renoir and analyze Picasso and say what's good and bad. And it was a popular series. This competition done by the National Catholic Reporter had her beat the judge in a huge competition with 1,400 submissions. The winner of it, you may know, Seen it in cards and calendars. Seen it perhaps in books. The rather spectacular Jesus of the People by Janet McKenzie. The next slide, please. It is so popular and so famous and so very beautiful and powerful. Janet McKenzie said it blesses my heart to think that somebody would look in the eyes of Jesus and understand love. It's something that I think we need to see and know that's there. So you might look for it in cards or in uh, magazines. Who is my neighbor? Who is a good Samaritan? One who crosses boundaries with compassion, with an urge to help who does mercy across all lines, who does compassion and good works over our small prejudices and expectations, who works with their head, their heart, their hands to bring others to the living Lord who cares and loves us all. A neighbor is a savior to all. A neighbor is Jesus Christ who is our role model. Let's bow together in prayer. Loving and living Lord, give us hearts like yours that care, that cross boundaries, that imagine real ways of reaching people, that bring your kingdom of heaven to those here on earth. Amen. Amen.